Well, Talking Point continues. Those of you who've just tuned in a little late, but then nevertheless, you are very, very welcome. From me, Jamil, it's been my pleasure and my privilege having been in your company for the duration of the evening. While we're now at the segment, if it's a Tuesday evening, our journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Nice having you, no? nicely warmly dressed. <laughs> Mashallah, alhamdulillah. I think the weather that Jamil is asking you to be able to dress decent. Yeah, no, Alhamdulillah. I mean, decent. I mean, you got to taste warm because unfortunately, Allah, you'll feel the cold. Mm. I, I was saying, you know, the Friday Nasiha program, we have mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. Sheikh Kasif Diamonds, he was from Durban, he was on a line from Durban with me. He was out of, oh, he did the, what's it called, the Comrades Marathon. Uh-huh. Our Alims. Yes, you must appreciate yes. that. Setting the pace for us. <laughs> and I was saying to him, I, I can't remember, but I remember him. Whenever I'm at home, I take the opportunity and I, I've got a back garden and front garden. And when I went one day in that garden at the back, you feel the presence of Allah there. Allah the winter Allah. is one of those seasons where the plants go into remission. Uh-huh. The leaves fall off, uh-huh. they virtually rest and they uh-huh. care themselves for when spring comes, comes to Allah. bloom and blossom. Allah Allah. Allah. So when it comes to winter, Seasons have the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose in that, that, that time of year, you've got more reason to be inside than outside. Oh, yes. <laughs> so once more, I, I remember last week when we spoke, you mentioned to me um, there's often this uh, wish from listeners to be able to phone in and, you know, yes. uh, when you present your program. And, we, and you decided and said, look, let them SMS their questions through um, because we don't always have the time to go into a lengthy discussion and mm. all of that. That they can rather come and get from you at your class there at the Maruf Center in Bridgetown. Or they can phone me personally. Or personally. Mm. Sheikh will give his number after that. So the SMS line is going to be open. If you want to pose a question, I'll get Sheikh to have a look at it. And then um, if Sheikh has time, just to briefly touch on it, either yes or a no or whatever. Yeah, Jamil, we say, we say normally, if you do not mind, that we try to be us of the people to keep it to the topic that we're dealing with in Absolutely. China. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just so once more, Rima, uh, just a bit of a refresh on where we were, where we ended last week. Uh, me. Just before Tamafa. Sorry, sorry, sorry. There's another person sitting here. And he looks he looks very familiar. <laughs> and that's uh, Sheikh's youngest son. Is it the youngest one? Not the youngest. Okay. Okay, let's not go there. It's <laughs> Muhammad, if I remember correctly. Right. Muhammad, it's nice having you here as well. Shukran, shukran. Father and son team here this evening. Allah. Over to you, Sheikh. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وهده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعد رب شرح لي صدري ويسد لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه كولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا ورزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته to all our listeners out there الحمد لله thanks and praises due to Allah to always and forever we in actual fact, whether we come together to wish to be able to show Allah the thanks and gratitude, will not be able to do justice to what Allah is doing to us. And to what extent Allah goes about to be able to serve us. Our Lord serves us, and we do not even have enough to be able to say to Him, thank you. Or even if all of us come together, and for the rest of our life, we're only going to say to Him, thank you, we will not be doing justice to what He's doing to us. Allah says to us in the Holy Quran, if you calculate my favors, not the best of your technology will be able to do justice to give you the, the truth of what I give to you. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah grant us to be able to come to appreciate, to come to recognize that we are totally and will never be able to be fair in having to show appreciation, but that we have the heart and desire, the strong desire to want to be a people of appreciation. We'll dankbarige mense wees. We'll Allah bewees that ons appreciate for ons maker. We appreciate our Lord. We appreciate all the great favors that we enjoy. So many, there is no end to the extent of what there is. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Then salah and salam with our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last and final messenger. The one whom Allah has sent to, to eat, to teach you and me how to be human, the best of human beings on earth. Who means the best, the best of means of dunya. And to be able to live this dunya with success So only if you live this dunya with success Then there's a possibility to be successful in the after 
For he who cannot live this dunya with success, the possibility for not being successful is great in the year after. Na'udhu billah, may Allah protect. And what do I mean by that? I simply mean that Allah has sent our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa to teach you and me that Islam is the way we live in this dunya. It's not the way I just say I believe. Because my belief is the base of my total life I live in this dunya. And if my life in this dunya is according to what Allah and His Rasul has shown us, and then that is my entrance into Jannah. May Allah forgive us all. May Allah guide us to what is best. And grant us to be of those people who strive to follow our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa to the best of our ability, inshallah. Salah and salam upon him, his family, his friends, and all those who follow his path. May Allah grant us to be amongst him. Allahumma ameen. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Tajamin, sorry for that one. In your request, you asked me to be able to look at the... You must forgive me sometimes in my in my introduction. I, I get a bit of excited and for, for, for the processes that there is with us. May Allah forgive me. I mean, I think doing that grabs our attention. Tajamin, <laughs> last week we, we happened to have gone to another approach where we started to look at the the, the, the practical aspects of, of, of Hajj um, and, and Umrah. And we last week went to the topic of Umrah uh, 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 and the Ihram of Umrah especially. And when we dealt with, with the Ihram of, of Umrah, we, we, we looked at certain things. Now, I've separated the two, not because there ought to be a separation, but I will show the join as we go along that you probably can go into for, for, for Hajj and for Umrah together when you enter Ihram. But what we did last week, we looked at the type of things that needs to happen. We dealt with the ghusl. We dealt with the fact that the person need to put on uh, some perfume as a sunnah tariq of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We then indicated the importance of your ihram being white garments. We then went to the, 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 the niyyah of the ihram with the talbiyah. We then went to the tawaf. We went to the sign. We did the cutting of the hair. And that brings about the end of an Umrah. Um, but we, we're doing again tonight the Ihram, looking at it from the Hajj point of view, um, with, its, with all those things that we've mentioned, the same mm-hmm. in place, with certain things that we want to add here to that goes with that specific to Hajj, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and may, may Allah open the path for us. Amen, amen. Mm-hmm. Sheikh, could we then take a break now? Quickly, you may. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a very short break, commercial break, and then we'll continue with the journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams after this. The Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo My radio station Your radio station Our radio station The Voice of the Cape Welcome back once more And we continue with our journey to Hajj With Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams Sheikh, once more over to you Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillah, uh, Jamil, we said that we are at the point of dealing with ihram. But Jamil, the, the ihram, just for letting us understand, when it comes to hajj or umrah, is a truly sacred matter. Its sacredness is high whether we use treat it with sacredness or not. It's expected that a person should be in the highest level of, of sacredness at that moment with himself and his Lord. When he enters into that state. And ihram is not a physical process. You need to be dressed in physical clothing. And that is only to be able to make yourself aware of what you're busy with. And to keep yourself in that awareness. But the ihram is a state that we need to go in. And it's, as I said, a sacred and spiritual of the highest level that you and I should be in. Recognizing we are going into the state... Make a connection with Allah. No different to a person who says the takbiratul ihram, the same word. When you say the takbiratul ihram in salah, the, the ihram means the secrecy of that moment when you say Allahu Akbar, that 
that state that you go in to be able to keep that link with Allah the same happens here the difference is in the takbiratul ihram versus salah it's a moment and that moment stays until the person comes to the end that state of ihram until we say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and at least could, could be 10-15 minutes maximum I think in, in, in a salah except for when a person is doing it sunnah salah he depends on the length of his salah but if a person performs the umrah for hajj the Umrah starts from the moment of a certain place and it's a certain time. And, the, and it ends only with the end, the person comes to the end of the, the Umrah when he, when he cuts his hair. When it comes to Hajj, the situation is somewhat different. And here is where I need to be able to go. Let us understand the very fact that this Ihram is so sacred it comes from the fact that Allah deems this ibadah of hajj a superior ibadah to the extent of no ibadah. You take all your ibadah for your whole life together. None of them can make up the hajj. That is how sacred and how glorious and how holy and high and glorified it is to be able to perform the hajj. And that's why the value of the reward for hajj is superlative to all the things that you've ever done in your life. Ya Rabbi. And uh, I, 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 mean, I just felt that I wanted to share with our people so that people can, can have an understanding the way how Allah Ta'ala deals with the topic of Hajj in the Holy Quran. Now, I must probably would love to start off with a question so that we ignite the minds of the people and get you in into the understanding of our discussion that comes from that swallow. And the question I'd like to ask. And, and, and if you probably don't mind, if I, I would love to have an answer from you, not necessarily a verbal loud answer, but an answer into your minds. Think for yourself and see best what you can come up. It's my duty and responsibility to guide you along, if you don't mind. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm asking you, even though I'm going to guide you, think for yourself. Right? Get to, a, to some form of question. The question is not a difficult question. It's just to ignite your mindset and to ignite your participation in the understanding of what we're going to share with you. And the question is very, very simple. question is, when it comes to the topic of Hajj, as you and I know Allah, and you know the topic and the issue of Hajj, what do you think, when it comes to the verses in the Holy Quran, how would Allah deal with the topic? Now, most probably I would give you two answers. Do you think Allah would deal with it gently? Passionately, um, merciful, uh, or how does Allah deal with it other than that? And so, yes, I, you notice me giving you a pause. And so, yes, it's my, as, as I said, it's my responsibility. I want to take you to the words of Allah in the Holy Quran. When Allah tells us to us in Surah Al Baqarah, in Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah number 2, verse 196, Allah says, Allah starts and immediately puts the topic on a very, very high note. Says, Allah says, you see, when you start into the ihram for Umrah or Hajj, you see that you complete it as a compulsory factor, Allah. You have no right to stop it. You cannot break it off. You cannot come out of the state. No, you stay in that state until you complete this Allah. And then Allah makes another additional statement that one wonders, why would Allah say this here? We Allah says, Lillah, for Allah's sake. Because as a Muslim, when you eat, when you go to the toilet, when you have a conversation with your parents or with your children, or when you have an interaction with anybody or anything that you do, it needs to be Lilla. But Allah wants to draw your attention to the extent of this ibadah, its secrecy of such a deep intimacy with Allah Ta'ala. 
that you should be absolutely aware you left home. You said farewell to everybody and everything. Your most beloved is by the way. It's not considered important. You're in the presence of your Lord. You have an intimacy with Him and with Him and nothing is in comparison or in any way with him he is the superior for now in your life and he's the superior and that's why you're doing this ibadah for him to run to its from its beginning and to its end allah's words allah tells us is when you start off with something you need to see that you run the course to completion to whatever the course inhales from its beginning until the very end and when it comes to Hajj or Umrah, as we said, the Umrah starts off with a the takbiratul with the with the, with the talbiyah in ihram from the multas from the miqat, and it runs until you comes to to marwa on your seventh shot and, and marwa, and where you cut your hair. That is the full course of an Umrah. When this Hajj involved, it runs up to Arafah. It starts on. I mean, it runs up to from the moment as we said, you enter into ihram. Mina Muzdalifa, Mina Arafa Muzdalifa, back to Mina, then to Otto Makkah again, then back to Mina, and then the three days of, of, of building of the Jamarat, the, the cutting, the cutting, and the returning back from there when you cut your hair and, and everything has been sorted out of the ibadah, and now you complete it. That is the completion of the full thing, and which means you don't have a say of saying, no, 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 I'm going to get, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. No. Allah says, the moment you started, you've gone into it. So what's Allah saying to us indirectly? Allah says, it's expected of you to be able to know ahead of time, what are you going to go into? You're supposed to know. You should get yourself psychologically hyped up. Hyped, very hyped into the understanding of your ibadah. That you want to be spiritually high. And you want to have intimacy with Allah. And, and the intimacy is not in sujood or in ruku. It's a continuous intimacy whilst in that state until the completion. That is one aspect of it. Now, Ms. Bobby, I just want to carry on to the next statement as Allah means. Allah says, وَأَتِمُّ الْحَجَّ وَالْعُمْرَةَ لِلَّهِ فَإِنْ أُحْسِرْتُمْ فَمَسْتَيْسَرَ مِنَ الْحَدِي Now, the Jamil, the... It, it, it seems almost impossible for what I'm going to say, what the meaning is of those words, but precisely what I'm going to say is what Allah is referring to. Allah says, if for any reason you've been kept behind whilst in the state of Ihram, you've been kept behind whilst in that state, you've been pre- uh, uh, prevented to complete for some reason or another, it could be various reasons, then you cannot leave the state of ihram until until you have slaughtered an animal. Now, I probably need to just let us understand. It Hajj, the norms of Hajj, almost nobody ever can go for Hajj without travel. Hajj and travel is connected to one another, right? And if people had to travel in the past from wherever they had to come to Tajamil and they traveled on the route, there was normally pirates on the route. And the pirates would take off from you everything that they probably can. If they can dress it, remove you from, from your clothing, even if you're ihram, they'll take that off from you. They'll make sure they take every penny from you, all your clothing, all your possessions. Um, so then Allah says, you need to slaughter a sheep. Now, I ask the question, who's speaking to you and me? Isn't it the Lord of creation? Isn't it He who knows what is happening on the travel? Isn't it He who understands the creation in totality and understands what happens to people when they are prevented to fulfill? For, for normally when there happens processes of prevention, normally you find yourselves in uncomfort or like an accident or people come to you, they rob you and steal from you. What do you have left? But that very Lord who knows the details of what I'm saying, he knows every detail of what you and I think of. Nay, what you and I can't even think of, he knows every detail of that. 
سبحانك لا حول ولا قوه الا بالله ان هيسيز فما استيسر من الهدي يو سي اس كومبالسري وي كوماند اند ديماند يو دونت هاف ا ساي ان ات يو فولو انستراكشنز اند وي تيل يو يو سلوتر ا شيب ذاتس ناثينغ دازنت ان ذا واو الله كريز اون نوسيس ولا تحلقوا رؤوسكم حتى يبلغ الهدي محله that hadi that you want to slaughter you must see that that hadi reaches the place where it must be slaughtered and only if it reaches there and it's been slaughtered there then you may then relieve yourself to cut your hair otherwise you cannot the cutting of the hair is when you relieve yourself from the state of ihram which means even if you prevent it when Allah starts at the beginning and say use when you start you see that you complete Remember, this is Allah. This is the topic of Hajj. Remember my question I asked you? Do you think Allah would be dealing with it gentle, kind, soft, compassion, loving, forgiving? That doesn't come through. It's the opposite of that. Because Allah wants us to understand, my gift of forgiveness is not cheap. My gift of forgiveness is not cheap. Even though on that day, the day of Arafah, it is the cheapest commodity that's to be found anywhere in the whole universe. And it's the cheapest commodity that Allah gives off freely to His whole, to whoever there is of the human race. Allah makes it the cheapest commodity. Now when I use the word cheap here, I don't mean in value. I mean it is... It is, it is so freely found. It is found by the billions and trillions. Allah Ta'ala forgive. We cannot imagine. Thus, the situation of shaitan, where he becomes furious, absolutely furious about the fact that Allah Ta'ala have allowed these people to live for so many years. They've erred, they've made errors, they've made mistakes, they've faltered. And they may they, they, they sinned against Allah and against the laws. And Shaitan was there all the time pushing them until this moment Allah forgives him like that. Subhanak. And that's what I mean when I speak or say the word the cheapest commodity. Could we just on that note hold it, Sheikh? Sure, Again, you. I need to go for a very short break. With us here, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, and we'll continue with the journey to Hajj after yeah, this. of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Well, we continue once more with our journey to Hajj. Still with us, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Sheikh, once more over to you, sir. Tajamil, shukran jazakallah khair. Um, uh, as I said earlier on, I, I asked those questions to the people because I wanted them to understand how Allah deals with the topic. Um, and people, I'm, I'm terribly sorry that it seems that in my approach I must probably sound harsh and hard. But the approach of Allah Ta'ala on the topic of Hajj, Allah Ta'ala knows how sensitive Allah Ta'ala is with us. And how gentle, extremely gentle Allah Ta'ala is. But Allah wants us to understand the seriousness of this ibadah when you and I do it, don't take your Lord for granted. And thus allow me to say here, I've said all that I've said here now because I want to, to understand, the purpose of Hajj is not the forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin is the only place where it's guaranteed in your, only life, in your whole life is on Hajj. And if you perform the Hajj, or if you go for Hajj, and you do the Hajj properly or don't do the prop Hajj properly, whether you get the Hajj Bangpool or not, that doesn't mean you will not be forgiven. Forgiveness is a cheap commodity. It floats around just everywhere in the air. It's, there's abundance of it everywhere. And if a person is the greatest sinner, and has sinned for his total life in every major sin, and has done everything in his whole life in just sinning, if he comes to Allah on the Hajj, and Allah grants him to come to Allah, and he comes to Allah, even if he works to be able to get his Hajj Makbul or Mabrur or not, 
Allah is still forgiving him totality. And the very fact that he came to Allah to that place there, that very fact, Allah forgive his sins. And if he that day raises his hands and say, Allah, forgive my brother, forgive my sister, forgive my mother, forgive my children, forgive my family, forgive the ummah. Whoever he asks for, Allah promises, Allah says, Whoever you ask for forgiveness, I promise you as a as a guarantee, there's no way it's guaranteed. There's guaranteed that all these sins is forgiven. Subhanakallah wa la illa billah. Does that mean? Does that mean the, 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 uh, as I said, the, our Lord is extremely, extremely merciful, very compassionate, but He wants us to understand when He expects of us to be able to put in commitment from our side, we put it fully in, we realize this ibadah is an ibadah of hard work extreme effort dedication, you put, you break your back and you carry on the description of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he described hajj and said Aisha radiallahu anha asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam how is it possible that the men can go in jihad and they come up with that great reward of jihad and all these issues and we women don't get that mm-hmm. the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us to the, to the women that the hajj makbul and mabrur not the hajj that's forgiven a hajj that's makbul and mabrur is the value of the jihad for a woman Allahu Akbar which means that hard work and dedication and commitment to see for the elderly and for the, for, the, for the sick and for the frail and the weak. If Allah grants him to be able to perform the Hajj, then there, that hard work and commitment, uh, that will grant them the Hajj Makbul Mabrur. So if that is for them, what for the ordinary you and me? What for the healthy man? What for the strong ones like us? And if I say strong, I don't mean I'm strong. I just mean I'm not weak. I'm not sick. I can still stand on my feet. I can still do things for myself. What are we supposed to do? Take it for granted then? Na'udhu billah. Precisely this is what Allah told us. And now people, I'm not going to go much further in, in the description of the ayah, except for bringing you certain notices of Allah Ta'ala. And, and, I, and I'm taking you to that very verse at the end of that verse. Verse 196, surah number 2, surah Baqarah. Allah Ta'ala ends the verse by saying, Wattakullah. Be conscious of your Lord. وَعْلَمُوا Know well أَنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ That Allah Ta'ala is severe when it comes to punishment. Wow! Again! My? Uh, 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 oh, what did you expect Allah would end with? Uh, simply because it's Hajj, I think Allah would have said, Know for sure that your Lord is most forgiving. No, He said no. Know for sure that your Lord is Severe in punishment The scholars bring our attention They says If Allah wants to show the greatness of a topic Then Allah shows the way he ends of the verse In the ayah of the Quran Then the topic spoken about in that verse The greatness of it depends on how the ending is It shows that Allah wants to let us understand The topic is not uh, To be taken for granted Whoever wants to perform the Hajj, it's of necessity that you need to be able to take time in preparation. Like it takes time to be able to acquire the money. It takes time to be able to acquire the knowledge. It takes time to acquire your spirituality. It takes time to acquire your character building, your awareness, your control of yourself in, in, in how you deal with things. Because you're going to now be in, in the precincts uh, of Makkah, where, where everything is so much more glorious and holy and sacred. And you can so easily make a mistake. And so obviously for this reason. In verse number 202, among the same verses of the Quran, after Allah has spoken of what happens, you've been on to Arafah, you've been into Mina, you've come down and you've now completed the ibadah. Allah says, Wallahu al hisab." Allah is haist to be able to grant you your reward. The reward the with hisab there is if you deserve reward positive, Allah is quick to give you your positive rewards. And it also means exactly the same. If you're careless, don't care. The Afrikaans would say, Kani wari khini umi. You're that type of person? Then Allah is quick to give you reward for that. Subhanakallah. I mean, this is the way Allah ends the ayat. And then, the Jamil, 
in verse 203 of the ayat of Hajj in, in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah starts off with 196 and ends with 203. In that verse, Allah ends that verse by saying, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهُ وَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْهِ تُحْشَرُونَ Remember, for sure you will return to your Lord Allah Ta'ala. Now, we know people, when we say the return to Allah Ta'ala, there is so much. If, you, if a person has made his life the purpose of it, to serve Allah, he yearns to go back. But if the person has been, okay man, inshallah, which, which, uh, I say, Allah for us, don't forget you will return back to me. Allahu Akbar, Ya Rabbi. We ask Allah to be merciful upon us. We ask Allah to grant us also the insight and the knowledge and the zest and desire to want to come to understand our, our deen and our Lord and that we be able when we perform the Hajj and Allah grants us to be able to hunt that Hajj in a manner that we will be granted Hajj Makbul and Mabur. Amin Ya Rabbi. Amin. Tajamil. And as you'll see that when we deal with this topic, as we mentioned the, the haram, you see it's, there's a lot of conditions in Jemuddidun and Jemuddaidun, Jemuddaidun, Example, Hajj or Umrah has got what we call Miqat for haram. Now what is Miqat? Uh, usually the person hasn't been on the journey or hasn't been to learn before. Were awareness, and if I say about particular word Miqat, the word Miqat comes from the word Waqt, time. No, it's it's it's, it's uh, 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 the word mikat is also a barrier, a barrier of time or place, and mikat could be in in time. The Jamil, as Allah says, al hajju ashhurum ma'lumat, also among the ayat, verse one ninety seven in Surah Al Baqarah, al hajju ashhurum ma'lumat, Hajj is a a season, a known season, very specific months. The specific months is Shawwal, Dhul Qa'da, Dhul Hijjah. Those three months for that month. Ashuru Ma'lumat, well known months, says Allah. So, when a person wants, especially when it comes to Hajj, you cannot perform Hajj before that and either after that. You will have to come wait for the next year when that comes again, right? So, Hajj only happens in that time. When it comes to place and miqat, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has indicated to us that there is a certain place when you come there during that period, you need to be able to be in a state of ihram. You cannot go over that place. The moment you go over that and you're not in the state of ihram, then you're violating. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So it tells us Allah expects a lot from us. But because we're walking into the haram of Allah, the parlor of Allah, we're coming into the parlor of Allah, He's invited us to His parlor. He expects us to be able to go into that best dress He wants us to be able to see us. And He makes sure that all of us feels united, collective. We don't feel in any way better than anybody else. Your hairstyle is not better than mine. Your shoes is not better than mine. Your perfume is not better than mine. And not even your clothing is better than mine. We dress in exactly the same way. Whether you're the rich king or whether you're the pauper, the poor person that has absolutely nothing, you come forth there and equality reigns, fairness reigns, and true brotherhood and connecting everybody. And nobody dare have a mind of thinking I'm better. The moment you think that, then you've sunk to the lowest of creation, that of shaitan. You immediately become shaitan in you if you think yourself, You dare do that. Allah removes you, strip from you the status of your ibadah, and probably you go home with nothing. And the issue, so it shows us the expectation of, so Allah allows us to put us in the same garb. Allah puts us in that garb. We actually, well, what I say, He puts us in that garb. He compels us to put us in that garb. A garb of, complace, uh, of, of, of uh, equality mm. and simplicity. simplicity. And in no way can you think, 
I'm better than somebody else. Or nobody would recognize you better than anybody else. Uh, it is not this, the, the, the color of your tie that you have now, or the, the tie pins of the gold or silver. Or name brands. Or name brands. It's nothing like that. It's total simplicity. But this comes from Allah telling the state of Ihram. So that miqat is that pro- process, and that miqat has been given to us by our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us in a hadith that the people of Medina, that you come from the from Medina area, the people of Medina and those who come through there, they need to take Dul Hulayfa as the miqat. The people that come from the south takes Yalamlam as the, the, the miqat. The south is referred to Yemen and comes through the route of Yemen or parts there. The people that comes from from Egypt, who used to come from Egypt with the camels over to the side of of, of, of the peninsula, Juhfa would be the Miqat, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to, to uh, there's on the, the, on the far east, there's a place called Qarnul Manazil, that will be their miqat, the people that comes from the other side, the, 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 the eastern side of the haram. And then the people to the northeast, for them is, uh, the people from Iraq would be Data Irq. Subhanak la hawla wa la So we see a surrounding the, ka- the haram area, uh, but a much broader spectrum that the person, when he comes into that area, he needs to be in that state of ihram. In the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Hunna lahunna, waliman ata alayhinna min ghayri ahlihinna. Hunna, those places that I've demarcated for you, I've shown you, those are for those people from that places. Lahunna, waliman ata alayhinna min ghayri ahlihinna. And whosoever comes through that uh, places there, those demarcations there, comes through them, that's not from there, but comes through them, must take that as their miqat. So you, it's not you take a miqat from which side of the world you are, mm. it is from which side you're traveling in, into the haram. Into the haram. If you pass the miqat, then there as the demarcation by Allah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa you don't have, neither I, neither the king has got any right to be able to do it other than that. Subhanak. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So just on that note, hold it once more. We need to go for a very short break with us, Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, back with you after this. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. My radio station, your radio station. Radio station, the voice of the Cape. Well, we continue with the journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Sheikh, once more over to you. Tajamin, we were, we were dealing with the time in the place of Miqat. I hope I've, I've, I've tried my very best to cover that. I need to come back to the process of the Miqat again, of which I will show later on when we deal with it. With the end of that portion. Or let me just put it in word lightly, but I'll show you the verse in the Quran later on. And that is the people that is of the Haram of Makkah, that's living inside those Mikat. Mm-hmm. If the Haram is Makkah there, and the people doesn't stay outside the Mikat, they stay within that Mikat, then those people, where they stay, they go into Haram right in their own home before they leave their door. And if a person stays right in Makkah, inside Makkah, before you leave your door, there you enter Ihram. Allahu Akbar, which means because of your movement, that is going to be part of your Ihram, mm. going off to the Haram, going to the going to make the Tawaf and all that. Your entry into Ihram starts the moment you leave your home, before you leave your home. You dress into that state, and you physically in, and spiritually get you into that state prior to leaving home. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. The Jamil, we, we need to go to look at the, 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 the types of if ihram that there is in Hajj, right? Mm. Now remember we said in, when it comes to Umrah, there's only one type of ihram, and that is the ihram called the ihram called Umrah. The ihram for Hajj has been known to be two different forms. The one is called ifrad, mm. 
and the other one is called Quran. Ifrad means comes from the word afrada, something that's singular, on its own, not connected to something, uh, stand by itself, right? Meaning, you come with the intention to perform the Hajj and the Hajj only. It's Ifrad. Right? And then the other one is called Qiran, comes from the word Qarana, to have something connected, join unto it, attached to it. Right? That's the word Qarana. Right? Comes with, that's why the word is Qiran, the Niyya, it means you have your Hajj you're coming for, but you also have an Umrah connected to that Hajj. Dr. Jamil, we need to understand those two very clearly to be able to understand what besides that is happening. The Ifrad one and the Kiran one, as we said, is only to be done in the Hajj period. Now, in the law of Allah, ever since Allah has made mankind, prior to that of Islam, the final deen of the Nabi Muhammad wasallam, that we are the Ummah of, prior to that, there was Ifrad and there was Kiran. Ifrad was a necessity. Kiran is optional to the person. But if he does Kiran, or let me go again, Ifrad was a necessity if a person finds himself in the state. It gets into, now remember we said there was a time frame. Uh, the time frame starts from the Shawwal, Dul Qa'da, Dul Hijjah, and the first of Shawwal is Labarang Ramadan. Right? So when a person found himself at the day of Labarang Ramadan in Ihram, in that state, then he cannot relieve himself, he must ref- remain in that state until he completes his Hajj. Which means for two and a half months long, he needs to stay in Ihram. And that happens with the Ifrad process. If he comes into Kiran and he wants to make a Umrah in that period, number one, it is not accepted in that period to be able to do the Umrah because it's a violation. Except for when you come with the intention, but then you've got to pay the penalty of that violation that you do. That was the common law by Allah Ta'ala. Right? And everybody had to do that. Right? So people came in for Ifrad and stayed in the Haram. Or people came in with Kiran, they came in with an Umrah. And when they finished the Umrah to Jamil, they still had to stay in the Haram. You don't come out of the Ihram, you stay there until the completion, until the Hajj is completed. It was the common law. Everybody loved that law. Until it happened so that Allah sent the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to perform the Hajj. When the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam performed the Hajj, that law has always been there. Fortunately, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam left late in the month of the Hijjah, or just before the month of the Hijjah, he left um, Makkah, Medina, and he travelled and he came there into Madi- into Medina, into Makkah, in the beginning of the month of uh, of the Hijjah, and there's a few days left to go on to Arafah. But what the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam did, he said to the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum, that all of you who has brought with you an animal to slaughter, with the intention to lift home from Medina, with the intention to bring an sl- uh, animal with, to slaughter, you must be, you can stay in Ihram. You can stay in Ihram. And those of you who did not have an animal, you didn't prepare any animals with, those, all of you, may be able to relieve yourself of the state of Ihram. But how did this happen? This happened, the Nabi never taught anybody that they must bring animals with. Or they didn't say this, what I'm saying here now, prior. It wasn't taught to them. Remember, Allah Ta'ala teaches the deen of Islam to the ummah via the action of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So there's no uh, book knowledge or uh, uh, classroom knowledge that you get prior to going for Hajj with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You're participating in the ibadah of an action that's going to be applied to this ummah. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. So the Sahaba رضي الله عنهم didn't know where to draw the line, and they thought that they were doing what 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 was happening in the past. Now we've seen the past is either ifrad or either kiran, and thus we find the scholars having the diversity of the 
question. Did the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam perform the Hajj? Did the Hajj only, or did he do the Hajj and the Umrah together? Right. But these are the words of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He said when he landed at the time he came after making tawaf around the Kaaba, and he went to do the Sai. When he came to the final shout of the Sai, on uh, uh, um, uh, Marwa, on top of Marwa. Before he made this dua, he said these words. Had I known then what I know now, I would not have brought with a sheep to slaughter. <laughs> Had I known then, what was the then that the Nabi was speaking about? The then was the reference of Jibreel informing the Nabi that he is uh, commanded by Allah to be able to perform the Hajj. He didn't know then the details himself. He thought that the law would carry on. Even he, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, did not know the details. So couldn't guide anybody in the process. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an was sent off to Yemen. To be able, the Nabi sent him off with his horse to go down to Yemen, to go and see where they can get some sheep at the bottom there in Yemen, and to bring them along on his horse. Be, and the, horses, the sheep will be running with him up to, up to Makkah. So he left quite early before the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam on the Hajj. He left off to Yemen. So when he returned to Mecca from Yemen, he arrived there the very day the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam arrived there. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam arrived there. But when he arrived there, the Nabi has already performed the Umrah with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and has said this message to them: Those of you who came all the way. And you did not bring an animal to slaughter, let him set himself free from ihram. Let him cut his hair at the end of the umrah. But those of you who have animals with, let him remain in ihram. Allah. And at that stage when the Nabi said those words, the only people that had animals with them was an elderly member of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum from Medina. Only one person. And the other person was the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself, <laughs> which means the rest of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, whoever came on the Hajj with the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, was given the honor that they could be given this gift that Allah has given the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this gift was not known to anybody from anywhere in any religion prior or in any part of the deen of Islam prior to the come of the Nabi sallallahu to the hajj of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has sent Abu Bakr on the ninth year of the hijrah to perform the hajj but that time this law hasn't been in place as yet in this hajj of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Jibreel instructed the Nabi to do this with the people and the, the Nabi said to them that they should do that and they were given the honor to be able to relieve themselves of the state now remember it is in the hajj season what month is it? Dhul Qadr the Nabi left Medina and Dhul Hijjah the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is in Mecca he's arrived there a few days before they're going on to, Ar- on to Arafah and the Nabi gives him the right to be able to relieve themselves of the state of Ihram. I said, when the normal law was that if you had to enter into any period during the Hajj period from the first of Shawwal already, you had to stay for that length of period in Ihram until the completion. Mm. That was the normal law. That law hasn't changed by Allah. Allah. Except that Allah has extended His extreme mercy on mankind for those who want to. Allah, Allah, Allah. Could we just on that note, Sheikh? Take this last break and Sheikh will continue after this. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Serial. radio station your radio station our radio station the voice of the cape well we continue with the journey to Hajj with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams Sheikh if I look at the clock here we've got about four minutes left okay, I, I was busy discussing with us the types of ihram for Hajj and I said about the ifrad from the one that you do on your own, on, its, on itself, and the other one is Kiran. Kiran. 
That was the known common formats. It is only for the Ummah of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the third gift was given that wasn't known prior to then. So this is a gift that Allah grants this Ummah because Allah knows that what has happened to the people of, of before had they to remain in the Haram it would have been difficult for us. We would, would find it so uncomfortable. But Allah's mercy is on us. So Allah grants us a gift by having to allow us to relieve ourselves from the state of Ihram without having to be able to remove from us the value thereof. Whilst we are now in Makkah, even though we are not being penalized of having to be in the state of Ihram, we have been given the freedom and that has been called Tamattu'ah. Tamattu' means to be able to enjoy the freedom of not being in that uh, d- 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 difficult state of being in the haram, uh, finding it uncomfortable. You, you have the relief, you can, do, you can live like a normal person as if you belong there. But Allah will grant you the gift because you came all the way, you are there for that purpose. You join your umrah, you started with, that is connected with your hajj. Allah calls it in the Holy Quran, فَمَنْ تَمَتَّعَ بِالْعُمْرَةِ إِلَى الْحَجِّ Whosoever connects the umrah with the hajj in the process of tamattu' but the word tamattu' was not known to anybody and wasn't understood by anybody prior. It was implemented by the person whom Allah has sent to show us how to live this deen and only when the Nabi performed it, then the Nabi was informed that is what tamattu' is. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And the Jamil, uh, I just want to say again, um, the meaning of the word tamattu means to enjoy that freedom of the sacred place, the pretty uh, while it's being considered by Allah as if you are in the state of Ihram. So that means to say your state in the Makkah, Makkah walls between your Umrah and you're going into Ihram again for Hajj, you can live and do your normal life, Allah will consider everything. Then even if you go down to the haram, it is as if you go down to the haram with an ihram on, in the state of ihram. And you're doing your ibadah there, it's as if in the state of ihram. So Allah's going to multiply the, the value for us and gives us the freedom because we are now doing the choices. But now obviously Allah wants us to understand we need to be psychologically and mentally aware of the fact of the favor of Allah and the greatest and the glory that Allah is going to grant us, the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sheikh, unfortunately on that note we're going to have to leave it. Uh, there would be those, your, your um, the Hajj class, Sheikh, um, yes. There would most probably be people wanting to make contact with you. Are you able to give them a number? The Jamil, uh, for people who want to, 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 to come with to the Hajj class itself, Labas, Marhab, welcome. They, they can come along. I mean, I mean. Uh, the number is uh, 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 076. 071. 071. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it's oh, no. That makes two of us here. Don't worry. Can the Okay, I've got it as 076 right. 071 0970. That's right. That is beautiful. Let me repeat it again 076 For those of you who would be interested in the Hajj class that Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams conducts at the Maruf Center Maruf in Bridgetown. Or even if they have anything that they want to discuss me on the topic, inshallah. Beautiful. Sheikh, we say shukran for that once more. Afwan privilege was spiritually uplifting being in the company here again. Look forward to next week again, inshallah. Until then, we say to you, wassalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.